join me, Christine Weinbrenner Eirich, for soulful conversations with my community of travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. We might all agree that we are missing travel right now. These conversations highlight what tourism really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. In each episode, you'll hear the story of industry professionals and seasoned travelers who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. This is the soul of travel. It is hard to believe, but we have reached the end. Today is the last episode of Season 2, Voices of Women. I couldn't be more honored to be joined by Beth Santos, founder and CEO of Wonderful, for this special occasion. Beth is an inspired entrepreneur and global traveler. At Wonderful, she isn't just making travel easier for women. She's changing the way the entire travel industry operates. Beth has been recognized in Business Insider as one of 17 changemakers transforming the hospitality industry, in Time Out as one of 10 people shaping the future of Boston, as well as a Chicago Scholars 35 under 35 young leader making an impact, a Zell Fellow, a prestigious fellowship for entrepreneurs pursuing their MBA, and an alumni of Babson Wynn Lab. She was recognized by the Obama administration as one of the top 100 travel bloggers in the U.S. In this conversation, Beth and I talk about how her travel experiences led her to create a community for women travelers and how Wonderful grew from a blog into an incredible international community and a social network with over 40,000 women and non-binary people. We examine the belief that women's travel is a niche market and why we both believe this is far from the truth. We also talk about the role of micro-influencers as travel begins to regain momentum as it opens up again after pandemic shutdowns. Lastly, Beth shares about the different ways Wonderful can serve content creators and travelers and how you can join this community as well as opportunities for business coaching for startups and entrepreneurs seeking inspiration, support, and accountability. Beth really does a little bit of everything, but she's so inspired to support women in travel and business, and I know you'll love hearing her story. This is the perfect conversation to bring this season full of voices of women to a close. I look forward to speaking with you soon for season three. In the meantime, join me now for this soulful conversation with Beth Santos. (music) 
Welcome to Soul of Travel. I am so excited today to bring be bringing Beth Santos to this conversation. And for those of you who follow Soul of Travel, you know that this is the last conversation for season two Voices of Women series. And so it's for me, the perfect way to end this season is with Beth, who is such a champion for Voices of Women in this industry. So thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Christine. It's great to be here. To begin this conversation, I'd like to just give you space to introduce yourself, give us a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll go from there. Sure. Well, I am Beth Santos, and I'm the founder and CEO of Wonderful, which is an international community of women who travel. And our goal is to really help women travel the world using a live network of other women who can guide them while also challenging the industry to be and to do better. So that's what we've been doing. We started in 2009 as a blog. um, And actually, we are just about to have our eighth birthday as a business. We incorporated in 2013. And um, Saturday, May 22nd is our birthday. So we're, we're just like, it's been such a journey going from the beginning to here we are today. But I'll, I'll definitely tell you more. Excellent. Well, happy, happy, wonderful birthday. That's exciting. Thank you. As well. well, I want to start the conversation kind of where I like to start with everyone is asking kind of how did travel find you? Like, where did you get the travel bug? And, and what did that look like? It's such a great question because we, so we have Wonderful's origin story, which starts in Sao Tome and Principe, which is a two island nation off the West coast of Africa. But my own story actually starts before that. It's when I studied abroad. And before studying abroad, I had not um, traveled very much internationally, a couple of trips, you know, with my parents, um, but but not really anything um, huge. And then I just had this strange inspiration um, when I was in college. I was like, well, high school, starting in high school and then into college. Um, to go to Portugal and my family's Portuguese. And I know very knew at that point, very little about my heritage, except, you know, there we're still very close in that culture um, and still have a lot of cousins who are in Portugal, but I never spoke the language. You know, it was strange to me. <laughs> and, and I think it was when I was in college that I kind of realized that I wanted to know more of that part of myself. And so I decided to study abroad in Portugal. It was going to be a semester and I ended up extending it to the whole year. And in that time, I felt like I really began to know so much more about who I am and my roots. And it was because in addition to, you know, learning about the country, I also physically met many of my family members, lived with them for periods of time, got to know them, mastered Portuguese, um, became very fluent in Portuguese. And, and I think it was my first time of, um, understanding what it is to be a citizen of the world. And, um, and, and even more so when I came home, you know, I felt very changed and very different. And now we have words for that, like re-entry and reverse culture shock. But at that point I didn't. And, um, and I just felt like I was just a completely different person with a different perspective in, on the world than I'd ever had before. And I didn't really know what to do with it. And so I started finding different types of work that gave me access to the world. I worked at the Portuguese embassy. I started broadcasting, um, with Voice of America, which is a major um, international journalism um, uh, radio station and publication. 
Um, and eventually I met a friend of a friend at a picnic who used to run the Peace Corps in Sao Tome and Principe. And that's what sent me there is I just decided to, I was 22 years old. I didn't have much else going on in my life. And I decided, yeah, why not? I'm going to go to this country I've never heard of before and move there. Um, and I did, and it was in Sao Tome that I became very aware of, of a few things, you know, not just my own experience of being a woman in the world, but realizing that women's experiences, whenever we travel are so different across countries. And I started to write about it. And that's kind of when what wonderful took off was to, to really share those real stories of what it's like to be a woman traveling. So, but my own experience, um, started quite before that and was, was really personal to me as, as a reason that wonderful came to be what it is. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that that is part of the magic of the travel community is that we get into it because we have those rich experiences that really connect us. And so it's, I feel like it's so different than so many other industries and professions where it's this real calling and then this uh, so heart centered, like everyone is so connected to the reasons why they choose to be in this industry and how they choose to share the world with others. And so um, I think that part of uncovering that is really, really important. It's really very personal. And that's something that we talk a lot about in our wonderful community is, you know, I am not a huge fan of, you know, travel shaming or suggesting that, you know, you you've only really traveled if you've been to X, Y, or Z place, or, you know, if you go to the touristy places, you're not really experiencing, you know, I used to think like that, like, oh, you, you know, you have to go be super local. And, and while I do think that it's important to to engage locally and to support local communities. I also believe that travel is an exercise and just like exercising any other muscle, your the the amount you're traveling doesn't have to do with how far you're going. It's how much you're feeling changed on the inside, how much you're challenging yourself, how much you're trying new things, how much you're you're challenging the preconceptions that you come into with. And for that reason, I actually think you can have incredible travel experiences just minutes away from your own home if you expose yourself to those opportunities and you let yourself get uncomfortable. And and because of that, you know, travel becomes so much more than just miles and, you know, how many passport stamps am I getting, but it's how much am I receiving, you know, and, and putting myself purposefully on the receiving end of somebody else's real story. Yeah. Uh, I love, I love how you painted that picture of travel. I've been spending a lot of time in that space this year, obviously without traveling, thinking about something that I've kind of been playing with like the art of travel and it's like the bringing the practice of travel into your daily life. And what do we get out of travel that can become relevant to us every day? And then, and then, like you said, kind of putting that into practice, whether it's um, walking to a coffee shop in your neighborhood, going a different way and how that allows you to be more present because you are navigating a new area and um, being more open to opportunities, open to connection, and all of those kind of mindsets we have when we travel, allowing that to be a part of your life every day. And so I think, um, much like you, I've had to think about travel in a different way and have been excited about it because it, it expands the definition of travel and what it means to us as people and, and what it can offer us. Absolutely. And I think especially, you know, the thing about 
being a travel lover is that the, one of the first things you do is think about like, how far can I go? And, you know, all these different places away. And then I think one thing that the last year has done is it's required us to all focus a little bit more internally and realize, wow, there are places in my own province, in my own city, in my own neighborhood that I don't actually know. And, and I think that's been a nice silver lining is challenging us. You know, I, just before everything closed down, I was on stage at the travel and adventure show doing a session on solo travel. And, and it's, it's like, as if the universe had heard me because I was saying, you know, the, it's easy to think about how far can I go to feel changed and to feel like travel is really affecting me. But I challenge you all to see how close can you stay and still feel those same things. And then everything kind of closed down and it was like, okay, well now let's all put it to practice, (laughs) you know, and see it. But yeah, I think sometimes we just overlook those things because we're looking to go far and we think that we have to go far. And, um, and sometimes you don't, sometimes you don't. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's beautiful about that is it it allows travel to be accessible to everyone, which for those of us that are passionate about what travel brings to your life, that's an amazing notion to think that that invites everyone into, into that discussion and into that experience. Absolutely. And who travel is for, which is something that I think is an important conversation of who the travel industry has been designed for, who the travel industry is speaking to, who can travel, who is perceived as the traveler versus who's, you know, usually considered the local and just upending all that because yes, we all have in that way access to one another um, that we might not have in other ways that we're hoping to, to change about the travel industry. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that could go on and on and on. Cause I always think about when I am traveling and I am connecting with locals and I'm having experiences that many of them may never have the opportunity to have. And I feel really privileged and, and want to flip that. Like, how do, how do we make mm-hmm. that accessible in that aspect as well. And so, um, like you said, I think it just invites really amazing conversations and ways of, of, of upending what travel looks like it right now. Agreed. Agreed. Um, well, thank you so much for that moment of conversation. I feel like that was a great place to start. <laughs> and um, we're just getting I started, know. everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Is that? laughs> um, well, one of the things that I wanted to bring, and it's on your on your website, but something that really resonates with me is that travel isn't an escape. It is a reason for living and a medium through which we experience the world. And so I was just wondering what about what, what is it? And we've kind of tapped into it a little but about travel that makes that what you want to support and encourage for other people to bring in their lives. Is there something Mm. specific in that space that you think is really important? Well, I think so. So first of all, I want to say that I think travel is a very powerful tool that can be used both for good and for evil. And that's something that I talk a lot about is, um, is, you know, at the same time that, that travel is something that makes us better. It also, if it's done incorrectly, can be something that can hurt local communities, that can hurt the environment, you know, and we have to be thoughtful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the other really important part of this, so this is, in a lot of ways, this is for me, the difference between somebody who's a member of Wonderful and somebody who's just looking for a one-off, you know, tip um, for a trip that they're planning. Not there's anything wrong with, you know, any of that. But one of the things that I like to say to our wonderful members is that 
the reason you're here and part of our community, and we have um, 45,000 women across our network, we have 3,000 in our member community um, who reach each other through chapter events, through our global hosting network, where you can actually find and stay with other travelers, um, all sorts of other things, a platform that we have. And, and I think that the difference between somebody who joins Wonderful and any other person is that a person, a wonderful woman, sees herself as a traveler. That is a part of who she is. You know, travel is something that lives and breathes in her. And when she's not traveling, she's thinking about traveling. <laughs> and, you know, when she is traveling, she's living her best life. But it's, it's, it's much more of a community of self-identifying people than it is, hey, here's a tool that you can use on your next trip. You know, and, um, and in that space, I think it also opens up the conversation of things like global mindedness, things like, you know, being a global citizen, where we're not just talking about, you know, okay, every for two weeks of the year, whatever my vacation time is, I'm going to go somewhere, decompress, and then come back to my regular life and, you know, go on with things. I think the people who really resonate with our community try to find experiences where they're not, you know, escaping from their lives. They're actually changing their entire lives in general. And when they travel, they're not, you know, trying to hide from something, but they're trying to lean into and learn about that local community, right? They want to know more. And we have this great um, book club called the Conscious Traveler Reading Club, where we actually read these, some of them are fiction, some of them are nonfiction, but stories about, you know, real uh, experiences, real lives. We just read a book about the, some of the, the problems in the tourism industry. Now we're reading a book about the history of Chinese American food, which is so interesting and goes into the immigrant experience of Chinese people in the U.S. and how food became something that they could bring to an American palate and has now become American. And all of these things are kind of subtexts for our travels where we're looking at the physical act of going to a place, not as I'm going on vacation, but as this is me immersing myself and learning more about the world and being present. And, and I do believe that, you know, I, I sometimes say things like, I believe travel is a, is a force that can actually create world peace. I really do believe that. I believe that if we use it right, and if we go in intentionally as, you know, listeners and we hear each other more, I think those are tools that we can develop to make our whole world a more inclusive, a more respectful place. And, and so we're very much like when you go somewhere, it's about leaning in rather than about, you know, getting away. Although we all like our, you know, getaways every once in a while. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like speaking the song of my heart right there. (laughs) I, um, Fully, like that's how I speak about travel. And definitely I feel that sense in the wonderful community. Like when I first started going to online events there, which have been amazing through this year in keeping like connection and feeling grounded within a community. Um, But that idea of travel really being this invitation into something bigger and an opportunity to break down barriers. And if you've been blessed to travel in that way and have those moments, they are completely life-changing and 
perception changing. And I know, I mean, I have spoken before of a really profound experience in the Middle East that shifted forever the context with which I experience anything that comes through that area. You know, I, I tap into mm. that moment and that connection to people and that connection to place first. And I think that that's so powerful. And like you said, with it being able to create world peace, like I, I 1000% agree because once you have those shared experiences and see that shared humanity, it becomes really impossible to categorize someone as other and to have all of those conversations that come from that space of being. And um, I, yeah, I, that's where my mission for travel is to share the stories of humanity with everyone and, and to get yeah. to have that connection. It is really easy to lose empathy when you spend your whole time just reading about somebody or hearing about somebody and not actually going to that place and meeting that person and seeing what their life is like. And I think one of the, one of the biggest, you know, most salient moments for me when I first started traveling was realizing that people can do things completely differently and come from completely different mindsets and actually live perfectly great lives doing that, you know? And I think I, I always had this perspective of like, you know, I'm enlightened in some way, or I've learned something some way, and that's the right way. And then you see other people doing things exactly the opposite of what you would think would be the right way, but actually it works really well, or it works for them or their environment is such that this is what's necessary to do. And, and I think just having that first, there's nothing that replaces a first person experience. Now, whether everyone has access to that, that's a whole other conversation. But if everyone did, I think it, it does have the power to, to change people's perspectives because you are seeing it and nothing replaces seeing and living something and talking to somebody and hearing what their life is like. And, um, and, you know, and seeing the circumstances, I think it's so, especially now, I think there is so much, I'm going to not, I'm going to try not to go on a tangent with this. There is so much out there that, especially nowadays, especially with social media, um, and just being so technology centered that really, um, rewards people for having strong opinions and kind of pushes away people who have nuanced opinions or hard to express opinions or don't know. And we're oftentimes, you know, kind of encouraged, especially for um, content creators. We have this discussion about, you know, social media influencers and bloggers, how they're the, the best thing they can do is have a really strong opinion about something and kind of stand on that thing and speak it all the time and say that thing. And I was talking to a creator once a few years ago, and he said, you know, one of the most powerful phrases any person can say is, I don't know. And it's not, it's not, I don't know. I've never, you know, whatever, I don't care. It's, I have thought about this. I've thought about all the different options. And you know what? I haven't come to a decision on what I think about that, but I'm going to keep thinking about that, you know? And I think, um, I think sometimes that travel experience can, can add in that little bit of nuance where maybe you had an opinion about this is right. This is wrong. This is the way this should be. And then you see someone else's reality and then you go, well, actually, I don't know. I see, I see both sides now, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's a really important and really powerful thing that I wish we all did more of. 
Yeah. It really invites that conversation and that breaking down of the pretty little box that you thought you had something in or like, yes, no idea what box to put it in either way, but it, it like, it lets that messy middle kind of exist in a, in a beautiful way where you're like, it's, it's great to just keep sifting through this and keep learning and experiencing mm-hmm. and, and seeing what it's going to mean without needing to have it fit somewhere. And we're all messy. That's the thing that's, that, you know, follows all of us. We're all messy. We're all complicated. We all have so many different facets to our personality and, all of the little experiences of who we are and and the experiences that we've had throughout our lives, those all combine to create who we are today. And we're complex people, you know? And I think it's really, really important to honor that. And and that's also something I think that's really important about about our wonderful community is that it's not just about travel. We're not only ever just talking about travel. Sometimes we're talking about how we're feeling. We have, we actually have a great, grief circle for women who have lost somebody, um, close to them. And, you know, and you could say, what does grief counseling have to do with travel? It has so much to do with travel. Sometimes it's the reason somebody travels. Sometimes it's the thing that hurts, you know, that, that feels the most strong when they're traveling, you know, and, and I think we, we honor that, that there are different facets to each person that we're focusing on women who are looking to live this kind of global lifestyle, whether they stay at home frequently or whether they're on the road all the time and kind of supporting all of the different parts of that person and recognizing that we are holistic people with many parts and many experiences. Mm -hmm. I think that's so beautiful. I mean, if you're using travel as the lens through which you experience the world, then literally everything's on the table as to what pertains travel. And it, it, it does, it just like, it opens up all of the ways that you can connect. And I mean, for me, that's what travel is as well. And I love that every person I connect with, like they have travel, but they also have all of these other things. And sometimes it doesn't seem like it makes sense that they go together, but there's something about the way travel anchors it, that it all of a sudden makes sense. So I think that, um, that's for me, the magic of it is like, everything is relevant to the conversation. Totally. It's a subtext, you know, (laughs) of, of everything and something we have in common. You know, we have, even in, in the very early days, our first events, we would just have like meetup groups. I was living in Chicago. We had a a Chicago meetup and, um, and we literally have nothing planned. We'd have like a map maybe that would, you know, you could write on it where you've been recently. And we would have conversations that would last for hours. And I'd always joke, you get a bunch of women together who all love to travel and that's enough. That is enough to have in common, to be able to just go on and on about all sorts of different things. And I think that's been kind of neat. It's like the magical uh, recipe (laughs) for having an amazing experience. You could talk about anything, but you're all, you're all people who love to travel and like, that's enough to keep a conversation going. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's the precipice of, that's the, the premise of soul of travel. Like it's that living, breathing heart at the base of why we travel. That is the thing. And that's what I wanted to share is for people that maybe haven't had the opportunity to embrace travel in that way is to be like, this is what you could tap into. And I want that for as many people as possible, which I think you would agree. Like it's that community and connection and that, that 
possibility, the endless possibility within that space. Absolutely. Um, Well, I do want to uh, talk a little bit about um, the idea, because this comes across for me a lot, the idea of women's travel being a niche in this industry. And um, even though, as, as we know that like, 80% of travel decisions are made by women. And as a woman, I know I make a hundred percent of travel decisions (laughs) (laughs) in my my my, family too. (laughs) Um, But I'm wondering, and we have seen, I think in the, in the past, especially the past five years, a, a rise in travel focus towards women operators like myself that create experiences specifically for women. But I'm wondering, since you've launched Wonderful, how have you seen that shift and what have you seen evolve in that space of niche? Yeah. I mean, just as you said, it's, it's really interesting. I think, um, there were a few years ago, I was on a radio show in Chicago and, um, and the host, you know, it was actually, it was a great show. It was on public radio. It was all about, you know, the worldly things. And, um, and he brought me on and he went, ah, yeah, women in travel. Like, that's a really interesting niche. You know, why'd you pick that? And I was just, and I was very like, you know, I just kind of went off, but then I kind of thought about it later and I went niche. (laughs) We're like the majority of the market. Did you know that? You know, and, and yeah, to your point, I mean, 80%, some say 85 now of travel decisions are made by women. Like let that sink in for a minute and even think about, you know, the context in which that's the case. It's not just that women are the only ones traveling. It's that women are a lot of the times still the decision makers in households. They're still the decision makers in terms of travel booking. You know, we still have a lot of people who are assistants or receptionists or, you know, um, kind of in that role of like booking a corporate flight. Um, and so it is women who are pushing the purchase button and deciding where to go and what to do. And, um, and in that way, sometimes I very cheekily will say, you should only focus on women. In fact, there's no reason to target any other demographic, but just women, because we are the majority (laughs) of the decisions. Um, but you know, to your point, it was, there has, and still, I think there is definitely a disconnect between how big of a space we occupy and how small we're perceived to be. I think women in travel is still very much considered this sort of niche conversation of, you know, so here's travel and then like, here's like women's travel, which is bikinis and safety tips. And that's about it. And there are so many things that are extremely important and relevant to women's experiences um, around the world, whether that's related to biology that some women have, whether it's related to cultural norms and gender expectations, whether it's related to uh, dressing appropriately um, in different places. And those things are not talked about enough. Um, there have though, as you said, been a rise in women's focused 
travel, whether that's group trips, whether that's focused on solo travel. I think there's some crazy number that I cannot remember that they were saying about Google search results. I think between 2019 and 2020, Google search results for solo female travel increased like 250%, some, some really wild number like that. And, um, and I think that's happening for a number of reasons. I think things like, you know, when wilds came out and eat, pray, love came out, I think a lot of women were kind of inspired by that and felt like, okay, it's time to do that. I think women are more economically independent. I think women are, you know, in the solo travel space, more likely to travel, um, before or after having a family. So kind of before, or, you know, when they're empty nesters, but I also think that now we're seeing a lot more families that are getting out there. And I think the way that the world is evolving and even especially in the last year with remote work being an option that wasn't an option before, I think more and more families are taking the opportunity to say, okay, rather than staying at home, why don't we just make home everywhere and just travel, you know, or, or relocate. Um, so I do think that there is definitely an increase in resources and support for women. I also still think that the industry as a whole is still very far behind. Um, decisions in the travel industry are still predominantly made by white men. And when we talk about women at Wonderful, we also talk about different intersectionalities under womanhood. So, you know, whether you are, um, uh, non-binary or gender non-conforming, whether you're a trans woman, whether you are a black woman, whether you are an Asian woman, I mean, any sort of like combination of that, I think is also forgotten. Sometimes we think about women's travel and we typically talk about white women's travel and there's so much more that can be talked about there. Um, and I think more that can be focused on. And so the, one of the hopes that I have is to really, make travel more integrated and more inclusive by first looking at who is making those travel decisions in the industry and who is representing the industry. And that's actually why we do a lot of work with content creators and influencers, because in my world, they are the grassroots voices of the traveler. You know, they're able to speak to and represent the traveler better than a lot of other people can. Um, I would put actually tour, small tour operators in that category as well, you know, who have that influence. Um, and, and I think the more we can get those voices lifted and the more we can make sure that on the board, I, mean, I can't tell you how many travel companies still have extremely homogenous boards, extremely homogenous, you know, C-suites, we have to start promoting more women, getting more diversity into these spaces, because right now there are a lot of people who don't feel that travel is for them. And there are a lot of things that we need to do to make travel better for everyone. And it starts with the industry in a lot of ways. And when I say industry, I mean, all of us, because even our, even I think in, I know I'm like getting on a tangent and then no, I'm going to stop. No, it's a beautiful tangent. Tra <laughs> Travelers are investors in the industry more than many other industries. There are few places where one individual consumer is going to spend thousands of dollars at one time. And the travel industry is one. So I think when we talk about changing the industry, it also means changing how we talk to our consumers and about our consumers and what our consumers are taking as their responsibility. Because every time you book a trip, you are voting for how travel should be run. And 
what types of companies should be out there, what kinds of regulations there should be, what kinds of um, environments should be created for people who work in hospitality, you're voting. And so we have to be very thoughtful as travelers and we're not used to doing that. We're used to thinking of travel as an escape and being like, I'm not gonna worry about the issues of the world. I'm gonna go on vacation and have somebody else take care of it for me. But leaning in means being responsible and doing as much as you can research about where you're spending your money, because that's what the, what travel is going to be in the future and what the world is going to be in the future. It's the biggest industry in the world. Yeah. So oh, there, I drop that oh, one. I'm, I, I wish I could just go through like every sentence of that and have another like 60 minute conversation. Um, but in that um, one, the space that's created at Wonderful for having those uncomfortable conversations or those ones not that we are not sure about inclusion and trying to navigate that, how to market that as a brand, how to have those conversations, how we want to say it, how, you know, navigating all of that has been done beautifully. Mm. I feel like it's a really great space to be able to explore that without feeling judge for what you know or don't know or you know all of those things so for one thank you for that and welcome thinking about uh i mean part of why solo travel became voices of women this season is all of the incredible women that i know in this industry that i very rarely see represented outside of one or two women's industry events and it's it's been changing over this year as we've kind of been gathering our own panels and hopping on Zoom. And I, I have had the privilege of being in the room, you know, with six women from around the world having great conversations that de definitely didn't happen a year ago. Um, so I love to see what that brings forward. But I think you and I were both at the same one of the last big travel shows in February. Um, and I remember having a conversation with the man who had sold me my booth and I was like, you know, it really would be helpful if you had something that said women's travel by me because people are coming up to my booth and they're like, we didn't even know there's women's travel here. And I'm like, yeah, me. And there's two other booths right mm -hmm. over there. And I'll tell you, one of them has like the powerhouse of women in this industry. <laughs> nobody even knows how to find us. They don't, they literally don't know we're here. And there was like, I, like this one little tiny row that was more like eco or adventure or mindful or where travel means something else. And then 99% mm. of that room wasn't that. And so for me, like I operate in this space exclusively, right? Like this is my home, sustainable travel, meaningful travel, mindful travel, all of the things where travel is kind of like the underpinning and um, to go back to an event like that was really shocking for me. I hadn't done that since I created my brand. And I, I had thought so much, so many strides had been made. And that was a really strong awakening, a wake up for me. Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 well, and it should be, you know, to just respond really quickly to that too, because the, you're, you're literally describing like what's happening with some of these, these kind of niche players in travel that really should be the majority of travel. I mean, we, we look at, you know, sustainable travel and it's like a niche, but actually for travel to exist a few hundred years from now, 
all travel needs to be more sustainable. It has to be, you know? And so these shouldn't be just niche categories. These should be, uh, uh, processes and focuses that every travel company has. And, you know, and that's something when we talk about, people ask us a lot about diversity and inclusion because they're like, oh, Wonderful's really spoken up a lot about, you know, diversity and inclusion. We ran an anti-racism town hall three-part series over the last year. Um, we've, we created an anti-oppression toolkit for travel and content creators. And people are kind of like, oh, are you going into this space of DNI? And um, to which I'll kind of respond and say, well, no, you know, I think there's a lot of really good consulting firms that can do that for you. But I also think that we all should be doing this. You know, like this isn't, we're not just doing it because we're moving into the space of DEI. We're doing it because we believe that every travel company should be moving into the space of DEI because inclusion means all of us can travel, you know, like that's so, so I think, yeah, some of these things that are kind of looked at as niches, they actually should be looked at as important qualities of the industry that we all want to have together. And we should be asking these questions of everybody in travel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I love, <laughs> you're just so my, you're so my person. <laughs> um, I, I fully agree. I mean, I remember sitting in conferences 20 years ago and being like, I feel like sustainability is really important. <laughs> People are like, no, we don't want to well, talk about yeah. that. And I'm like, I right. We should. And, you know, it's kind of gotten a little bit louder and louder. And this year, it's definitely amplified and wholeheartedly agree. Like, as an industry, I, I don't know how there's a question. Like, it just, we, we, can't, we can't continue to exist if that isn't a staple of everything right. moving forward. Right. So, well, yeah. And, and, you know, and I think the elephant in the room about sustainability is that sustainability is more expensive. And, you know, and when we talk about we're, this book we're reading, which was so good, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, um, it, it talked a lot about how, you know, when you're looking for the sustainable choice, it tends to be the more expensive one. And if you're also looking to make travel more equitable, then you have to make it more financially manageable. And how do you balance the two? And these questions are things that we as an industry need to be talking about all the time. You know, how can we make sure that, travel isn't just for wealthy elite people, you know, and at the same time, how can we make sure that those trips that everyone is going on are at, if not helping, then kind of evening out the world rather than hurting it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, there's so many great conversations being had about that right now. So people that are listening to this, and if this is something that is piquing your interest, like, I definitely have had episodes that were, we've chatted about that. I know there's resources within awesome. Wonderful. And I think it is something, uh, if at all, you're like, what, what is this? Or already like with us, like, yeah, yeah like, yeah, we invite you into the importance of that conversation. And um, I think that is a great segue into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is micro influencers and the, their importance in, uh, helping to be a catalyst for growth in these areas, especially as tourism is regaining momentum, like who are micro-influencers, what do they do, and how can they help support some of these, these things going forward? Yeah, so micro-influencers, it's funny because the, the language changes so much. You know, back when we first started the WITS Travel Creator and Brand Summit, we called everybody a blogger, even if you were 
like a YouTuber, you were a blogger, <laughs> you know, but, um, and now we've started to use creator and micro influencer, you know, all those words are all roughly the same for a micro influencer though, their following is usually less than a hundred thousand, if not even less than that, um, total followers. And these are people, because of that, we're not talking about, you know, Kim Kardashian level multi-million following. We're talking about people who have audiences of, 5, 10, 20, 50,000, 100,000 max followers. Um, and in a lot of ways, I really believe that this year is actually the year of the micro-influencer for a couple of reasons. The first, because we, we trust micro-influencers, um, I would argue even more than some of the larger influencers because we feel like we know them a little bit better. And influencers in general, their whole business, unlike what we commonly say, you know, there's a lot of negative publicity about influencers and influencer marketing. Um, that's usually the exception to the rule. Influencers build their whole business on authenticity, on being real with their following, on sharing their real opinions about something. And when we're all thinking about travel again, depending on where you are in the world, the first thing you want is a real perspective on what is going on, what it's like on the ground, what the travel experience is going to be like. Do I need to wear a mask? When, where, how, you know, and, um, and that's really important. The other thing that we're seeing is a travel industry that's been really hurt and has no money <laughs> right now. And so in order to really improve their marketing, going micro means less budget, it means somebody who's a little bit more, you know, of a small business, more amenable to, um, to bartering, to, you know, working out special deals, somebody who is probably going to be one of the first on that plane or train or bus anyway, because that's their job, you know, they're content creators in travel. Um, and, and I think those are all really important things to keep in mind. And then the last thing of course is, ROI. So when we're looking at marketing, influencer marketing is one of the channels of that, right? You might do a Facebook ad. That's one kind of marketing. You might do a billboard. That's another kind of marketing. Now actually engaging influencers in things like campaigns or, you know, programs, or brand ambassadorship, that's a type of marketing. And when you're going micro, it is the, it's essentially the law of diminishing returns. The bigger you get, the less um, ROI you're going to get from somebody because their audience is going to be less and less engaged overall. So if you kind of focus small, you're going to get a more dedicated, tighter group of audience members. And so that's kind of the reason why to work with them. Now, why we've, we're focusing on them kind of, as I was saying earlier, is because I think that they have enough voice to really push the industry and encourage them to do better. I think they they can do that through their partnerships. You know, we have a lot of destinations that want to work with micro influencers, but then also a lot of the things that we do in our member community and in our events is encouraging them to have hard conversations about topics related to not just building a business and marketing, but also the evolution of the travel industry, new developments in travel, things that we should know, topics that might not be getting, you know, the the spotlight these days. And leveraging those who each person, even if you take a person with 10,000 followers, I will tell somebody that it's like talking to a whole trade show, right? You imagine going to a travel conference with 10,000 people. If you talk to one content creator, that person is speaking to 10,000 people and can share your message. So they're really powerful uh, individuals. 
And, um, and I think this is going to be a really important year to, to kind of use them and for them to use their influence, as you were saying, to make travel better, because we've had a year to really think about what do we want our industry to be. And now it's the time to, to bring those conversations to not just to light, because we've been talking about them, but to act on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, in my experience, and maybe it's who I follow, but that's also says something about it, but they're really targeted messages versus I think sometimes when you have influencers that are at such a higher level, they have a wider message because they're trying to reach Mm. more people. And you can really find a micro influencer that is aligned with the values of your company or your destination that really speaks to the message that you want to push out there. And so I think that a lot of value in that. And then also, like you were saying, the people that are already out there traveling, I've been watching, you know, that my friends that are in that category and being like, okay, where are they? What does travel look like for them? Like, yeah. you know, direct messaging them and being like, Hey, what's really happening there? Like that is such a valuable resource, um, from their experience and to boost my own personal, you know, trust and ability to get back out there and travel. So, um, I, I, I love, the idea of what this looks like. And I also love that it's inviting another um, smaller business into this bigger industry, you know, because an influencer that that is yep. their business, it's giving them space to actually to, to have a real impact within the industry itself. And you don't have to be someone with, you know, a billion followers to actually have a voice. And for me too, that, that is important. Like this travel is about giving everyone's voice room. And so I think that's also really powerful. Yeah. They can speak not just to their audiences before their audiences. Right. And you know, you don't have to be, and I think it evens the playing field a little bit more in that way. You don't have to be the senior vice president of Marriott in order to get a meeting with somebody else. You can do it by having the following that you've built on your own. And then you can go and say, here are the things that I'm seeing. And you are, you become a thought leader. And actually that's something that I really try to push for the creators in our community is seeing themselves as small business owners. There are still a lot of people who have, you know, presences on social media or blogs that, that consider themselves an influencer, consider themselves a creator, but maybe don't see themselves as a business owner. And I think it's really important to put yourself in that position because you are a thought leader, you're a business owner, you're representing, you know, whether they're your readers or your customers, it's the same. It's people who are listening to you and looking to you Mm -hmm. and you have a lot of power Mm -hmm. and, um, and kind of, you know, helping people to wield that power for good (laughs) forces of good, you know, is really important and, and showing them what value they have, especially because influencer marketing is actually one of the few industries where women are, uh, there are more women who are influencers than men. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think there are, I would definitely say that influencer marketing could have a bad reputation for that reason. I think there's a lot of misogyny in that. I think there's, there are studies out there that have said that male influencers still make more than female influencers. So, you know, there's definitely still a gender gap in that. 
and really empowering these people to see themselves as business owners with trademarked entities that are thought leaders that are speaking meaningfully to their communities and can be voices to their communities. That's a really important place we want them to step into. Yeah. I was just thinking as you're speaking, it's kind of that idea of like a lot of the male dominated sciences are the hard sciences and a lot of the female, you know, the female dominated sciences are the soft sciences. And it's almost the same in tourism. Like there's this very male driven area that has more of the respect and clout versus this area here and really roofy marketing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really the thing that yeah, it's true. To connect to and buy your product, but. And that's, you know, honestly, that's a lot of time who we're talking with. I talk with a lot of other women, even on the brand side. And, and I've had many that have said to me, Beth, I totally see what you do and I get the value, but I have to convince my boss now because my boss doesn't get it. He's an old white guy. He's kind of out of touch with this. You know, how do I talk to him? And like plenty of old white guys who are very in touch with this. So way to go, you guys. But my point is, yeah, you're right. It's like oftentimes it's the marketing person, you know, really gets it is, you know, even a member of our community, but then they have to convince their boss. And that's the thing that's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that's something that we see shifting because I really think that that is going to be where we start to see some big changes within the industry. It's yes. just kind of, like you said, dumping, dumping it all out and kind of starting over. And I feel like uh, with the, with the pandemic and the way things have gone this year, there's been a lot of room for that. And I feel like a lot of companies have, have turned over the apple cart and they are starting over and they're looking at where they started and where they got to at this point, And they're trying to evaluate whether that's who they want to be going forward. And so, yeah. I'm, I'm- well, I mean, yeah, think about it. This is the first time in ever in the history of travel that travel has come to as full a stop as it has. Yeah. And then had a chance to resume. Yeah. So let's, let's leverage that. Let's use that, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, I'd say like, let's, let's use that time to pivot, right. Regroup and figure out what's working and change it. And I think we should all be doing that. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I don't want to wrap up, but as we start to move that direction, (laughs) I want to just bring it back to wonderful. And actually you just mentioned as a business, I wanted to discuss a little bit about, um, business coaching that you offer too, and other ways people can be involved with, um, both of those things. So with wonderful, um, if we could talk a little bit about the women in travel summit and Wanderfest that's coming in 2022, which I'm excited for, um, how can travelers get involved? How can content creators get involved? And yeah. Uh, Yes. So WITS, the WITS Travel Creator and Brand Summit, that is for content creators and brands that want to meet each other, that want to build their businesses, um, make lifetime connections. I mean, we have um, power networking that we do. We have workshops and keynote speakers that we do. It is very industry oriented. So it's like a little bit more buttoned up than, you know, your average festival. Um, and that we do twice a year, 
um, one in North America, one outside of North America. And you can learn more at witsummit.com, W-I-T-summit.com. And you can find our next upcoming in-person events. We have been doing some online events over the last year as well. And TBD on if we'll keep going with those or if we'll just kind of shoot for the in-person stuff that we definitely want to hybridize the in-person events that you can attend from anywhere. And then Wanderfest is kind of like the fun little sister of Wits, who is just, you know, we've had so many people that have come to Wits and will say, I'm not even in the industry. I don't even work in travel, but I just want to be surrounded by other women who get it and who love travel like I do. And they have been our Wits groupies. And now we're creating an event just for them that's called Wanderfest. It is the first major outdoor travel festival by and for women. We're doing it outside in Spanish Plaza in New Orleans next March, uh, March 12th and 13th. So just right after International Women's Day. And we have inspiring speakers taking the stage, music. We have a whole woman-owned vendor marketplace where you can shop. We have, we're doing a parade down the French Quarter. We're going to have special activities before and after the event for our VIPs. It's just going to be like that fun, you know, celebration of you that you've been wanting the last year and a half. Anyway, you can bring your mom, your sister, your best friend, your daughter, your husband, like men can come too. anybody can come. Um, and just celebrating our love of travel and meeting each other. Yeah. That sounds so amazing right now. I can't even, I know, cannot wait. Every time we talk about it, I get <laughs> <Yeah>. so excited. <laughs> um, and then for business coaching, I know that you just recently launched a program for women in business who want ongoing support. And also you have um, a program for people who are starting businesses where you can share, you know, some of the journey that you've had with them and to encourage them on their way. Yeah. So they're called prosperity circles. And they are, if you go to my website, bethsantos.com under coaching, you can find all of it there. It's their small group circles. Um, we have 20 or fewer people in each one and it is accountability and coaching and support. It's not just me. It's kind of bringing everybody in. And if you have a vision, you know, for a business that fuels you. And by that, I mean, you know, not only are you doing something that feeds your wallet and is actually, you know, sustainable as a business, but also feeds your soul and you feel really good about it and you wake up in the morning and you want to do it. And, um, and I'm looking at lifestyle businesses here, ones that you're not like, let's grow this really fast and then sell it. Something that you see that calling in your life, you want to grow, um, sustainably, you want to have a lifestyle that you love you want to, and you want to make money from it. And you're not maybe going to retire to a private Island, but you are going to, you know, sustain your life and be happy. That's what prosperity circles are all about. Where you are going to meet once a week, every Friday, we'll have guest speakers. We'll do mini lessons from me coaching among one another. And yeah, we do still have a few spots open. Actually, our first one starts in June, June 4th. So, um, you can just sign up, just go to bethsantos.com and sign up for the circle and, um, tell us about your business. There is an application first to get started. And then, yeah, it's, uh, it's really exciting. Cause I haven't seen anything quite like like that in the travel world. Either it's like startup boot camp 
or it's um, just something else and not really anything that's kind of looking holistically as you at you as a business owner and saying, let's get your business in the right place. Let's get your mind in the right place. Let's make sure you're having that balance that you're looking for because the world is just so kooky these days. Mm-hmm. And um, let's make this something that you can be really proud of and look back on. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It sounds so, it sounds so incredible. And I know that community is your zone of genius. So I think combining that with business um, is going to be a really great experience for people to be involved in. Um, Well, to end, I have seven rapid fire questions that are just kind of some fun getting to know you a little bit about travel, um, your travel side. So we'll go there and then we'll We'll end, which is going to be okay. a moment for me knowing this is the last interview, but <laughs> um, what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? Oh God, whatever the book is that I'm reading at this moment of time for <laughs> the wonderful book club. <laughs> right now it's um, called, uh, uh, somebody tell me what it's called, Adventures in Something. I'll tell you in a little bit. Okay. It'll pop up. It'll pop up. Um, what is always in your suitcase? My journal. Yep. Uh, what is your favorite destination? Oh, that's not fair. You can't answer that one in what's rapid your, fire. What's your almost favorite? <laughs> um, I, you know, I have to say Sao Tome is, is such a special place and not enough people have been there. It's an extremely small country. And because it's where Wonderful kicked off, I have to say that that's, that's the place that changed my life the most. Yeah. Uh, and where do you still long to visit? I have never visited Nepal and I've always wanted to go. That's like top of my bucket list or, or Japan. I've actually never been to Japan either. Yeah. Uh, Nepal is high on that. Like I know I need to go there list for me as well. Um, what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place you've been? Uh, my in-laws are from Haiti and every year on January 1st, Haitian independence day, we make soup jumu, which is a squash soup. And I just made it for the first time myself this year. And it always, and it just like takes me back to like the flavors of Haiti and like the history of Haiti. And, um, yes, that's like a hundred percent in my, my like nostalgic eating yeah. thing. <laughs> Oh, and it's called the fortune cookie chronicles. Okay. It has nothing to do with adventure in, but that's the one that's all about Chinese American cuisine. And it's fascinating. Read it. Excellent. I, I love all books that kind of like embrace that essence of travel. So yes. Uh, let's see who was the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world. My grandmother, Margaret, she traveled until she was 92 years old. She died at 96. At 92, she called me and said, Elizabeth, I think I'm too old to travel. I'm not really able to do this anymore. By the way, don't call me. I'm going to be on a cruise in Alaska, so I'll get back to you later. <laughs> and <laughs> that is the the OG in my travel world. Um, and I always looked up to her for that. Yeah, you know, I need to go back through all of these interviews, but I feel like we're at like 80% grandma in here, which I think ah, is interesting. Yes, grandma. Women travelers that we had those mentors that inspired us to travel. So I, I feel like that's amazing. some sort of statistic that lies underneath that. 
Um, if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, alive or past, who would it be? I love Maya Angelou and everything that she, her quote actually um, from, I forgot what book it was, but it it is like my favorite quote of all time. And it is, I long as does every human being to be at home wherever I find myself. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be on an experience with her and just read into her heart. Mm. Would have loved to have. Yeah. <laughs> and what a beautiful, like that's the picture of travel. Thank you for sharing that. That's the perfect, that's the perfect note to end on. See, I knew. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Um, Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Beth. This has been such a great conversation. All of the things we didn't get to, I hope can come back for season three or for another time to connect and share. Um, But thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Welcome. Thank you for listening to Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I'm so happy to connect with you. You can find more about the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourn community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can find out more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can also find The Lotus Sojourns I Guide for Women, as well as my current book, Sojourn, offering an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, The Lotus Sojourns Collective, or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or Soul of Travel Podcast. Join the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.